Srimati, sometimes known as Julie Pyatt, and I am here to be your guide on this quest to discover and explore all things spiritual in our lives. We are spiritual beings having a human experience and not the other way around, and on this show I hope to explore musings and perspectives on what it really means to live a life divine. I hope you'll join me. In this week's episode, I'm joined by Brad Swanson, my friend, sound engineer, and producer, to explore what it means to be present in the face of pain. So let's just take a moment and uh, set the space and connect with each other. So if you can take a deep breath in with me and exhale, I'm just going to open the field this morning in sacred service to the law of one, north, south, east, west, earth, sky, heart, and space. I ask, command, and intend for the highest exchange according to the will of God. Beloved creation, please anchor this space as sacred in the living, organic light code. We are God, we are sovereign, and we are free beings. And so it is. Awesome. So here we are hanging out. We're, uh, we're at Jai House in the sacred meditation room where few, few people are allowed to, to travel, to journey. <laughs> and here we are. And so today, so we just, uh, we just recorded a, a rough live, very raw, authentic track. And I did a few takes of I'm Here Now on the harmonium. So I'm Here Now is a, is a song that I wrote many years ago. Um, I actually wrote it on the harmonium, but it's on my Mother of Mine album. Um, and I recorded it with my sons, Tyler and Trapper and Brad Swanson, who's here with me today. Um, he engineered it and co-produced it with us. So anyway, we've always loved that song so much. It's such a beautiful track. I'm really, really, I uh, feel really blessed to have um, expressed that mm. through myself. Um, and the other amazing thing about the recorded track is that um, the most beautiful cellist on the planet named Abby Scoville, um, she played on it. And uh, um, I'm just so, so, so touched and blessed that she you know, came in at that moment. You actually introduced us and brought mm-hmm. her in, and her performance is just amazing. She's extraordinary. This is a perfect match. Yeah, she is, she is something. 
So anyway, um, I was really feeling actually in my sadhana, in my in my spiritual practice, um, we are just uh, we one day after the full moon lunar eclipse. It was a full moon, a blood moon, a super moon, and a full lunar eclipse all on the same day. Um, we heard that uh, this hasn't happened since 1982 and will not happen again till 2033. Where were you, Brad? Well, actually, you just blew my mind because uh, I was in a band in the 80s that wrote a song called 2033, and it was all about <laughs> it, it, that, that that would be the, 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 the new coming of consciousness. Oh, my God. So you just rocked my world by saying that. No. I, didn't, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Wow. The wow. song was, like, it was called 2033. That's in the, crazy. In the year 2033. That's crazy. Was the, was the Do you think we could resurrect that and get you to sing that on the podcast? <laughs> I mean, I hear, I'm thinking of a certain photo. 2033, will I be hearing you with me? Something like something like that. <laughs> so this cool. This 80s, 80s hair. Imagine me with my 80s hair. Big, oh, I, I don't have to imagine. Ginormous. I've actually seen a physical photograph well, you've seen of that, you. That was the band. That is the bomb, that photograph. That was the band that... Uh, That's so epic. And, That's and, awesome. And there, and I would do a... There was a massive like moment for me to do a big drum solo in the middle of that song. So Which just, is perfect. So we would close with it, but that's... that's, that's that, that. It's just a... It was, how many minutes was the drum solo? <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depended. Depended. It defended, yes. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> no, that's so cool. Well, we, we will get to that at some point, yes. I hope. Um, but anyway, um, so I'm here now. I'm, I'm really, really feeling like the the highest transmission that I'm getting from my higher self is really the power of being in the now. And, and I know that's not a new concept to many of us on the spiritual path and everybody kind of throws it around and, you know, there's quotes flying all over Instagram about, you know, being present and, and all this. But I, I got sort of an, you know, that thing where when you're ready for deeper and deeper levels of awareness, like you can read the same thing or you can, uh, you can visit the same subject and suddenly it's it's anchoring in you at a much deeper place. That's kind of what happened with this power of now um, sort of feeling. And, and we had um, family yoga this morning um, and we were all doing our practice. And at the end, I taught a pranayama breathing uh, technique, which is it's a skull. It's called skull shining. So it's a, it's a very rapid uh, breathing um, and we did that for a few rounds. And then afterwards, um, I did sort of a meditation visualization of really drawing all of your energy. Like if you can imagine that you are uh, a cosmic being floating in space and you are calling all of your energy into yourself, like with really one pointed concentration and focus to pull all of your lifetimes, all of your, uh, all of your energy from both physical body, spiritual body, mental body, emotional body, causal body. Um, and you, you have the ability now to actually embody all of that. It's as if the past, present and future have merged into a single point of focus and we can all live there and be there simply by having our consciousness fully anchored inside of ourselves. And so I had everybody pull their awareness into their heart space and really, you know, really own it, really own uh, what it means to be a divine human being, what it means to be created, you know, from this divine source in a divine blueprint. 
And, you know, we know that everything in creation is created, you know, from this divine place and with this specific blueprint, which is an individuation. It is individual. It is unique. But at the space of source, we're all one. Like we're all from that amazing, vast energy of cosmic, you know, cosmic vision or cosmic flow. Um, and so I really feel like um, uh, we now have the energetics on the planet. This eclipse was a bookend to four eclipses that happened this this year. I said bookend, but the one that happened actually in the spring and now this one on the equinox or near the equinox. So we really do have a lot of the energetics to fully embody what we came here to do. And I think that along with that, um, it takes a responsibility. You know, it's about understanding that thoughts are things and actions are things and, and energy is something. Even, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So as light beings, as spiritual beings, we need to start to cultivate that awareness and start to, you know, actually own it and claim it. And one of the really powerful ways of, of doing that is by being present in the moment and being present in the now. So what do you think about that, Brad? I think that is, <laughs> you know, my so ever present for me, like never more ever present being present. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a song. Right. Sure could. <laughs> so yeah. are you feeling that a lot too? Is that in alignment with it's, what you're feeling? It's so in alignment and, and um, being able to have the gift of being aware of stepping into the moment, mm -hmm. like how to, how to have that happen at certain intervals. I've, I've heard people say, you know, something to think about is when you stop at a, at a, at a traffic light, Mm -hmm. Let get into the habit of that light being, hey, step back into this moment, consciously mm -hmm. take that moment. Uh, any type of practice that you want to set up to, to come back into the, into the moment to remind myself. And um, what I've been wanting to practice is, for example, I had a uh, rehearsal last night and things were not going. My ego was judging this as not going the way that I needed it to go. Mm -hmm. And a little voice started saying like one way that I, that I bring myself in the moment is to from that place of source to say hello 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 like that say that inside where I can hear it and that reminds me that source is always back behind what's happening I love that. so so yeah uh, so that's so I want to cultivate you know the practice of that happening mm -hmm. more and more yeah. And I mean, that's really, that's really super uh, powerful and, and, and very, a very real experience. And I think it's something that, um, I think as, as young souls on the spiritual path, we sometimes idolize, or we think that if somebody has reached a certain level of realization that they're existing in this other place where they're never not present. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, that that's not necessarily true. I think that we have the opportunity with every single moment to bring ourselves back to the present. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, it's not a static location. Like I have arrived in the present and this is mm -hmm. where I am. It's always changing and flowing. You mm -hmm. know, and there could be a huge wave that comes and hits you and you could like roll around on the ground for a minute and then have to, you know, get up and reacclimate, recalibrate, mm -hmm. you know, get centered again. So it's that the beauty is that in every moment we can be reborn. We can choose to be present. We can choose to, 
um, you know, we can choose to recultivate that. So it's, it's a process. And so it happens again and again and again and again. And the most beautiful vehicle that we all have available to us in every single moment, completely free of charge, is our breath. Hmm. So it's really just, it can be as simple as I am breathing in, hmm. I am breathing out. I am breathing in, I am breathing out. And just that, even if you took one breath, but let's just say you took maybe three breaths, you are already uh, shifted. It's already shifted you because your breath is regulating your state of awareness and your state of being. And so that's, you know, that's beautiful. And, you know, where I wrote the song, I'm Here Now, it's, it's, um, it was so beautiful to revisit this harmonium uh, version and just sort of touch the keys and get there because I can transport myself back to the moment where I did write that. I think it must have been in probably 2006 or 2007, something like that. And I was in so much pain. I had gone through a very violent separation with a very dear spiritual teacher of mine, not something you probably would want to have happen in your life. <laughs> like if you're studying with spiritual teachers, you probably would like it to be very um, healthy and uh, kind and compassionate and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, Divine Mother just had another plan for me. I think she needed me out of that space very quickly. And so the play that actually, um, res it, the play that, that occurred in, in the life event is that I was served a legal notice by my spiritual teacher mm. accusing me of trying to steal his flock, so mm. to speak. And it was so devastating to me and so painful because I had been a very eager student. I had really um, tried very hard to host him and to honor him and to um, let other people know about him. I had introduced a lot of my friends to him and to his work. And, um, and so to be accused at that level of something that was actually so untrue also, like there was not a, there was not an ounce of me that was inside of me that that was really true for. Um, and you know, also just the legal thing, like how gross is that, you know, like right. here you are here, I was doing like darkroom meditations with him and, you know, going completely out of the body and doing all this kind of stuff. And then I get served a legal <laughs> notice, like, <laughs> So back in the body, <laughs> I, yeah, let's get back. Yeah, we are we are in a world of polarity, right? right. So, Amazing how our spiritual teachers, quote unquote, show up. Yeah. So for our greatest spiritual awakenings. Oh, my God. Like, so so I was I was I was completely devastated. I mean, this mm -hmm. this couldn't have gone more off track, mm -hmm. you know, than what I had imagined in my life. And I was starting to come to completion with his work. And I had met an Indian uh, teacher that I was, that had got, had got my attention. Um, and I thought he was going to be thrilled that I had met this Indian teacher, mm -hmm. but it was quite the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was not happy at all. You know, I kind of had this kumbaya thing, like, it'll be awesome. We'll all hang out and like, you know, sing songs around the campfire. But, you know, so I think that that, you know, that was also part of it. Um, but um, uh, so here I was, I was completely without anyone to speak to because I couldn't really process these private experiences that I had had with anybody outside of the group because, you know, who's going to understand, you know, dark room meditation or traveling outside of my body or like certain things that it, that, I, that it happened. And so what it did is it, 
the only place I had to go was inside my heart. Mm. That's the, that, that was the only direction. Like mm. nothing else was helping me. Right. You know, no friend would have made me feel better. So, and I had so much pain from, I felt it was really betrayed, like sort of betrayal. Mm. And then of course I started to imagine that, well, you know, the spiritual beings that are good friends with him, then they must not like me <laughs> right? because I was on the out. Um, and so, uh, so this is in fact what led me to my music. It was this extreme hmm. pain and almost like I was completely in a box. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't watch a television, television show to like disconnect. I couldn't, you know, drink beer. I, I was beyond like any of those, you know, um, what I want to say, like uh, tools or escape hatches mm-hmm. that human beings use to not deal. Yeah, distractions, exactly. So I really had no choice. And I, the, the most interesting thing is that um, I have always been deeply connected to uh, Paramahamsa Yogananda. Mm-hmm. And Yogananda, um, if for anybody who doesn't know, he's established something called the Self-Realization uh, Fellowship, and it's in Los Angeles area. And he is a yogi born in India, and he brought yoga to the West in the 1940s mm-hmm. and actually lived in California and established quite a few centers. And um, I, I can't explain it, but whenever I read his material, I felt like he was my friend, like I knew him. And I couldn't figure out why I felt that way. And I even felt a little bit embarrassed at the beginning, like, who am I? Why, why would I think that I knew this living Indian saint? And um, I had done a lot of pl- past life regression work and connected that, um, you know, some information that it was quite likely that I had a past lifetime with him, if, if not many. <laughs> And so uh, I went down to San Diego to his ashram. He has a, a, an ashram there uh, in Encinitas, I think it is. And there's actually a surf point, point there that's called Swami's Point. And so I went to this silent retreat there with my friend Catherine, who actually I sing about in the song. And she was my best friend. She was somebody that I had met in a yoga class. And she actually was really good friends with Rich and my husband. And so she was a very, very, very dear friend of mine. And uh, I had introduced her to um, the spe- the previous teacher that I was working with, the one that I had the big break from. Mm-hmm. And so Catherine and I, we decided to go down to this ashram and you know go on a silent retreat. And on the way in, I stopped in this store. I didn't know they had a store. I stopped in the store and there was a harmonium in there and it was literally screaming at me to buy it. It was getting bigger and smaller and bigger and smaller. And I had no money to buy a harmonium, nor was I wanting to buy a harmonium. So I shoved the entire thought out of my brain and I went into the retreat and I went into the chapel for silent meditation. And the harmonium would not leave my inner vision. It was spinning. <laughs> it was just turning like it was on a turnstile. Hmm. And it, it would not leave. And so I fought it for about 45 minutes. And then I gave up and I left the ashram. I went across the street. I charged it on a credit card. I put it in the closet in my room. And I brought that harmonium home. Well, a few months later, after I had this break with this spiritual teacher and I had nowhere to go, I pulled the harmonium out and I started to just try to play it really to just release the hardness in my heart, you know, because I had so much, you know, betrayal energy and I just, oh, it was really, really hurting me. And as I started to sing sort of just tones, 
I started to cry and I cried a lot. And then all of a sudden these songs started writing me and that's how I became a musician was mm -hmm. actually through this, this event. I love how you put these songs started writing me. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm an artist and I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've done, you know, interior design. I was a fashion designer. I've sculpted, I've painted, I've written a script. I made a movie with Rich. Um, but again, like everything, even when I paint a painting, like I have some idea of what I'm going to do or, you know, some inspiration. And this was the first creative expression that my personality had no part in, at least not in, not at this level. Mm -hmm. You know, it was almost as if I hadn't really listened to my heart my whole life because I knew I wanted to sing when I was six years old. And then I made a very, very clear decision to differentiate from that. Um, part of the reason was I had an older brother who's named Stuart, who is actually a rock star and travels. He's in the Wallflowers and plays with Lucinda Williams. But he had already started playing guitar quite a lot at like age seven. Mm. And I've always been an old soul. So I've always felt this age since I was a little kid. So it was kind of like a very, I was like, yes, I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to differentiate from him and do something different. And in hindsight now, I know that it was, I was waiting for this moment because my life path was to create music with my children and that that was the, that was a key theme of my life so i didn't as a soul i didn't want to do that earlier i wanted to do it later even though it took me you know many many years to find that and the other really crazy thing is is that i had i also got this cyst in my neck at the very same time that i had the split with this teacher so my physical body showed up with a golf ball sized cyst in the front of my throat and this was my journey connecting me with food and, and how I started to actually um, experience food as medicine because I healed it myself. You know, it was diagnosed incurable by three surgeons who told me I would have to have the surgery. There was no physical possible way that I could heal it on my own. Um, and I just was kind of like, yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> so, so I went and, and I did heal it through the, through the use of food and, and, you know, we'll get into that in other episodes, I'm sure. But just on a purely vibrational level, I mean, it's like the body's like, hello, like here's a huge mass in your throat. What might be going on in your life? Like, are you expressed? Are you? And for me, it was singing. And I really believe that the more that I sang, the more that it also was responsible for the healing. And hmm. it took me about two years and I did completely heal myself of that cyst. So, um, remarkable. yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was, it's profound. I mean, this whole experience of coming to this. And so what I wanted to share is that, um, you know, I wrote this song, I'm here now. Actually, I, what happened is I had the break from my spiritual teacher and what happens when you're in a spiritual group and you separate from the teacher, <laughs> you lose all of your friendships because everybody is bonded to that teacher mm -hmm. And there's a very, um, it's very hard. You know, you, you would think in spirituality that everybody would be all right with everything, but that's not in fact been my experience, you know? So there was a lot of separation and I was kind of the, the you know, the, the rebel or the, you know, the black sheep or something and they didn't want to interact with me anymore. And the biggest pain of that group, I, I lost a lot of friends in that, but um, Catherine was my, my dear friend mm -hmm. that I really, really, really missed. And so the song I'm here now is the lyrics. I'm telling her 
uh, it was also interesting because we had studied a lot of past life together, right? And I don't ne- like I don't necessarily recommend this. Like I I think that we forget our lifetimes for a reason. Mm. But it was interesting, and it was it was a catalyst in my spiritual development because it proved to me. Um, you know, like I know without a doubt that I've lived thousands of lifetimes. Like, it's not like, I'm not like, oh, well maybe, you know, like I actually have visceral experiences that I've remembered and, and, you know, learned from, but at some point it just becomes like, it's like watching too much television. It's like, who cares? You know, this life right now that we're in, this is the most important life we're living. So you know, it's good for a perspective, but you don't want to get lost in it. And so I felt that that group had really gotten lost in that. And so what I'm saying to her, you know, is that, uh, you know, I think the lyric is contortion jewels and silver crowns taste so bitter now. You know, it's like, I love that lyric. it's great. And that's actually, I mean, that, that also, I had this very visceral dream that informed all of that, which I, you know, will not share on the air, but, um, yeah, it was really, really profound. It was like, wow. So I was telling her as my friend, like, you know, Catherine, like I'm here now, like I'm here right now. Mm -hmm. Like, even though whatever knowledge you know about or whatever thing happened in the past, I'm here right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so I was, you know, really calling to her and crying out to her, you know, that, that, uh, you know, this is that it was very painful. And the other lyric of it is it's, it was literally, that's how much pain I was in when I said, my skin bleeds Mm. like it, but it was from a witness perspective. So I could watch myself in physical pain. You know, when you're in emotional pain, I don't know if you feel that when you're in so much emotional pain that your skin hurts, Mm -hmm. you ever like feel that? Oh yeah. Well, I I get it more in my like solar plexus and you get it in your burning heart, burning gut, just this deep pain right in here. Hmm. That's mostly what that's I mean. you. Hmm. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it on my skin. Like it literally, it's like my whole shell, like my whole skin yeah. is just in pain, all of huh. my neurons. So anyway, that was just a really super profound thing. But the most profound thing was that um, as I matured out of the experience and I was able to clear the pain and I was able to take responsibility and understand that we all have a play in each other's lives. And I was able to um, start to be grateful for the, for the role that this teacher had played in my life. And um, still like 95% of what I studied with him held up. Like I didn't, it's not like I, like we had this thing and then down the road, I found out that everything that I had learned from him was not true. It actually was the opposite. Mm-hmm. So the content and the transmission was pure, mm-hmm. but every being has a human aspect. You know, you're not going to have mm-hmm. a spiritual teacher in a body that doesn't have some sort of human, uh, you know, trait or form. And so what happens too is, Um, I mean, and he taught me this, people incarnate for three reasons. There's three drives. It's either sex, power, or money, right? Sex, power, or greed. Those are Mm -hmm. the three drives. Mm -hmm. Now they bleed into each other because if you're addicted to sex, you're probably also greedy, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so they do bleed into each other. But what I, my big lesson, what I learned with him was I learned what happens when you give your power away to someone outside of yourself. And I was trying to be the perfect student, you know, to just serve him in the best way that I could. And that ambition is not clear. 
It's not clean because there's ego tied to it. And it's not really service. It's like I was ambitious over spirituality the same way someone would be ambitious about a Ferrari or, you know, whatever that is. So the beauty, the beauty is um, that I learned that, uh, that I will not give my power away to anybody outside of myself and that at the end of the day, what matters is when I put my head down on the pillow or when I lay this body down or I drop this body it must be my life that I lived, mm. no one else. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point? You know, what's the point? And the second thing that I learned is that we never really know who anybody is. And having non-judgment and cultivating non-judgment is quite, is quite important, you know, can serve us very, very well. Because here was this being that I had been hurt I mean, real, one of the greatest pains that I've ever dealt with. It yeah. was just devastated me. Right. However, it was through this experience that I found my music and that I became a singer, songwriter, playing, recording, and performing music with my two sons. Mm -hmm. That experience right there is maybe one of the most extraordinary of my life. And just that experience worthy of coming into a body to have that moment. I mean, I'm still playing in a band with my boys and they're 20 and 19. And I also play in a band with Harrison, my nephew who lives with us, who's 24. And how, like, so, so at the end, like I remembered this one moment, the last time that I saw my teacher in physical form, he looked at me and he put his hand on my cheek. And he was, he's, he was an older man, like old, long silver hair, like in his 70s at the time, you know, so he's probably 85 now or something, mm -hmm. if he's still alive. Mm -hmm. So he put his hand on my cheek, just like the, the sweetest, gentlest, you know, father. And that's the last time that I saw him. Mm -hmm. And so now, after all these years have passed, and I'm sitting here in, in my life and in my expression now, I have to ask myself the question, was he my biggest enemy or was he my, in fact, my dearest teacher? So, um, and I, you know, I, I feel he's, he may be my dearest teacher. And it's a, it's a thing that, you know, when we drop the body and we get on the other side, like we're all laughing, like, Hey, remember when I played the guru and you did that <laughs> thing and I served you the papers, <laughs> you know, like it's wasn't this, wasn't it awesome? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you freaked out. You know what I mean? So I think that, again, it's this judgment, like you never really know who people are. Yeah. And if you can really pull back and have this experience and understand that, you know, the, a life, becoming within a life, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of different characters to um, carve you into your most beautiful divine work of expression. And some of it hurts really a lot, but it, you wouldn't be a very amazing person if you were saved from all of your pain because you might be painless, but you would be very boring, very bland and very undefined yeah. and not really very developed. I, my pain has been the opportunity to come closer and closer to my authentic self. Mm -hmm. it's, it presents itself every day. Mm -hmm. every possibly every moment yeah exactly 
It's beautiful, beautifully said. So I'm here now um, is about, uh, you know, understanding that even in the face of tragedy or if you're having a challenging moment or even something that feels like your skin is bleeding. See, I, I was able to be present in my pain and to sit with it in full awareness. So I was able to sing, you know, my skin bleeds, but no resistance. I'm not wishing on a star. I'm not trying to get out of my experience. I am in it and it is gnarly and ugly and painful and does not feel good, but I'm in it. And so as long as I'm in the awareness of the experience, I will receive the gift of it and I will rise out of the ashes and I will become more of my divine self. And so I think that's maybe a good place to finish today. So anyway, um, thanks for tuning in and uh, sharing the sacred space. And we'll see you next time. Namaste. Namaste. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to check out the companion episode, episode two, which is a healing technique to facilitate your awareness of being present. If you're receiving some healing and you enjoyed the show, please do donate and check out my tools of transformation at srimati.com. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I.com. You can also find me at Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I. And we're going to take you out today with the full song, I'm Here Now, off of my album, Mother of Mine. Blessings and namaste. We seal this session into the lightness and wholeness of God. And so it is. I'm here now, watching the space, feeling the pain in my heart, my skin bleeds. I'm not wishing on a You and